drink and dance all night. Now let's talk of diapers and pacifiers and our pants are feeling tight. Bottle service with BKP. Bottle service with BKP. Hey everyone, welcome back to Bottle Service. Guys, I know summer is almost here and it is a great time to travel. But traveling with a new baby is not exactly a walk in the park, especially if it's your first baby and your first time getting ready to travel. I know it can be so overwhelming, which is why I wanted to invite our special guest this week on to help us out. Today, I have on Kelly Starry, who is a blogger and mom of two under two. Whew, God bless her. She runs the Instagram (laughs) at Traveling With Babies, all about, you guessed it, tips and tricks on how to travel with a little one. So without further ado, Kelly, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. What an honor. Oh my gosh. We're so excited to have you today. And there's, we got a lot to talk about. Traveling with a little one is not easy. It is not. And as somebody who's like a seasoned traveler, well, I like to think that I am. I really went into this very unprepared. And then the first time I traveled with my daughter, I was like, I know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Give us a little background on you um, and how you decided to like do like talk about tips and stuff for travel. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, long, the the very condensed version (laughs) is um, back in 2017, I used to be a teacher and got laid off from my job and ended up moving to Europe just to, I don't know, get get out there, experience new things and experience the world a little bit more. And of course, travel. Um, that was always like an interest of mine and being in the, the very middle of the continental United States in St. Louis, it wasn't like the easiest thing to do. So in the most like extreme reaction to losing your job ever, I was like, I'm going to move to <laughs> Europe. And, and then I did. And um, so I spent four years there um, just traveling around. I worked for a travel agency and was writing their content. Um, obviously, that came to a grinding halt in March of 2020. <laughs> And much at like basically as the rest of the world and hospitality and travel industry did. Um, And then by the end of that year, I found out I was pregnant. We, my husband and I ended up moving back to the United States and in the preparation of beginning to travel with our daughter, um, I was starting to prepare kind of like, okay, what do I need to know? Let me just like, pull some things together. And then we went, took our first trip. And I just realized like how many little details of like getting through an airport or going through TSA or like just so many things I didn't know. And so I just was like, well, I like loved the other Instagram educational kind of like resources. Um, Like I know you had Carrie Locker on here and she was one of my like very OG like like follows of what am I doing I have no idea what it entails to become a mom or postpartum or breastfeeding or anything and so like I loved having resources like that for myself so I was like I can I can be this resource for other people that's amazing and isn't it isn't it so great 
motherhood in like a time like this where I get so much information from Instagram and TikTok <laughs> and everything. Like I'm like, how do people like learn their shit before? Right. I, they read books and they read <laughs> like. Ain't no one got two, time for that. <laughs> no one has time for that. I'm like, I need very like bite-sized pieces of information I need like a small graphic that I can just sit with and digest for a week until I can like go back and get some more information yeah exactly I mean I hope I hope this podcast is that for some people you know I try and and do that every week Um, absolutely yeah but it's funny it's funny you mentioned that because I I think that's how I originally found you like I was like looking for travel tips I was getting ready to take um, Bodie on our first trip and I'm like how the hell do people do this (laughs) um and I think I I stumbled upon your Instagram and I thought you had some amazing tips so so glad you could you could uh join us today I'm so happy that was you know that was the ultimate goal was if big kid problems can find me easily on Instagram (laughs) then like I'm set you're doing something right you're doing yeah, something right. absolutely <laughs> amazing um well I wanted to talk about okay I want to like get into all things travel obviously yes. um I just I, I think back to like the first time I actually traveled with Bodie we did our first travel was a drive so we went to like a lake house like two hours away it was yeah. a, it was a road trip which I feel like was an easier way to like dip my toe into travel but <laughs> I feel like every parent probably experiences this the first time they like leave home with a baby overnight. Like the amount of shit. Like I, I have, I have to pull up this photograph um, when this episode <laughs> comes out. Like I took a picture of my car. Like we had yeah. filled up the entire back row, the entire back of an SUV with like basically everything we own. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there, yeah, because you, there's so many what ifs, right? You're like, well, at home I have this. If this happens, I have this, if this happens, like when you're traveling, you're like, well, what if all of those things that very rarely happen, happen all at once while I'm not at home. So you're like, I'm just going to put everything in my car and then just like deal with it later. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It is a lot. And I guess we're going to have to talk about like how to even streamline packing. But before we do, for anybody who's considering traveling for the first time, like is there a number of weeks you should wait? Like how old, like, is there an amount of time that's appropriate? Like, I remember we were even nervous traveling with Bodhi. I think he was like just under three months when we traveled with him. Like, what is your stance on that? So my, my stance is first and foremost, like whenever the, like you as a mom or dad are ready to travel with your kid, like that's the first step. I think like, if you're not ready physically or mentally, because it's not easy, it is something that you kind of have to like, I think, be prepared for. Like if something happens, not that anything would, but just mentally preparing, like, okay, I'm about to leave my house. Like that's a scary thing when you're a new mom. Like I'm about to venture out of my comfort zone a little bit. Can I do that? And there's a certain level of needing to be ready for that feeling. And then after that, like, I always recommend waiting at least a couple months just to get your bearings, your footing. And then like young babies have weaker immune systems as well. And so obviously when you're comfortable traveling with your baby, that's your own prerogative. Um, But just understanding that if you're 
planning on maybe if it's like midwinter and it's like right in the height of flu season and all that and you have a couple week old baby maybe we want to push off until we get some of those immunizations or like after the flu season or whatever but um usually I say most people I find they tend to start traveling around that three month period or really like starting to get out I think babies are a little bit more and of course like years trying to navigate your schedule with yourself and your new baby and adjusting to this new lifestyle like I think there there takes some adjustment for that and throwing and traveling to the mix like if you don't have to you know wait until you're ready We are talking about travel this week, and if you follow me on Instagram, you know I don't go anywhere without Nima, one of my favorite clean luxury skincare lines made by moms, for moms, and moms-to-be, and I mean really just anyone with skin. (laughs) If you don't know, Nima combines luxury ingredients with science and all of their products, including the Stretch Mark Cream, Nipple and Lip Balm, and Scar Treatment. Hi, where my fellow C-section girl is at, are all dermatologist approved, hypoallergenic and vegan, and not to mention, feel so good on your skin. Guys, they really focus on these three products, but they just launched a brand new product, the Stretch Mark Therapy Nourishing Body Oil. Okay, I have to tell you, I am a big body oil girly. Like it happened to me during pregnancy. I tried like 17 different body oils and became obsessed. Like even now I don't really use lotion. Like I just douse myself in body oil daily. And I'm here to tell you that this new Nima nourishing body oil is it. Okay. Like I got to sample some earlier this month and it hits like all the things that make a body oil, a great body oil. Okay. It smells great. It goes on smooth. So it doesn't feel like sticky or like it's going to rub off on your clothes. And it has like this spreadability factor. I know this sounds weird, but you know, a a little goes a long way, which I think like makes a body oil that much better. And not to mention, it just feels so nourishing. Like I feel like a little moisturized goddess when I wear this body oil. And that's why I like to preface this that, I mean, body oil is not just for pregnancy, although it is amazing for pregnant bellies, but it's really for all women. You know, this formula includes jojoba oil, coconut oil, and hemisqualine, which targets dry skin, eases tension, and provides deep moisture. So treat yourself or get some for a fellow mom or mom-to-be at nema.com. That's N-E-M-A-H.com. And use code BIGKID for 50 off your purchase there. 15% off, guys. That is a nice little savings. Again, that is nema.com and use code BIGKID for 15% off. Happy shopping. Let's talk about getting to our destination. You know, like I I know the first trip I did with Bodhi, I mentioned it was a road trip. Can you give us some tips for like driving long distances with a baby? Like, is there a limit to how many hours you should be with them in a car? I think I like saw that somewhere Um, Yeah, absolutely. So like there is actually a recommended amount of time. It's called the two hour rule. It's basically just a safety recommendation um, by experts and car seat manufacturers. And this is really interesting because I had no idea this was a thing until moving to Europe. And my husband, this was like standard in Europe. This is 
everyone knows about this. This is like widely practiced. Like you just don't keep your child in a car seat for a very long amount of time. Um, and that's why that you, I feel like for me, that was why I was seeing more like the bassinet pram options, um, um, as opposed to in America, we just throw them in the car seat and then we put the car seat on the stroller and it's a complete travel system and we just keep them in there. But there actually have been studies in the UK that kind of link like um, lack of oxygen and just and like small amounts, but very consistent. Like if you keep a child in a car seat for too long you do run the risk of having like their growing bodies be a little bit stunted or having lack of oxygen. Um, And so the recommendation is that you take the baby out every two hours, but it does not have, I think like a lot of people, whenever I say this, everybody jumps like I was in a car seat for six hours as a baby and I was fine. Like, and I understand that. And I know like plenty of people have been gone on long road trips and they keep their baby for however long. Um, and it's fine. And everything turns out fine. It's just a general recommendation that getting them out for a stretch, having them um, kind of loosen because they're in that car seat and they're just kind of cooped up, yeah. especially when they're really little. Um, and for my kids, especially like two hours is about how long they can stay in that position and be comfortable before they just start getting all like a nightmare basically. And they're like fussy and they're like bitching in the backseat and they're just like ready to get out. And so I like to use that two hour rule just for whatever age, um just as like a buffer kind of thing yeah just as a buffer and and then also like if I plan my road trip that way it's easier for me to be like okay we'll stop in this general area like let's either get gas or maybe I don't need to get gas I we can just like stop at a nice park on along the way and like have some sandwiches or whatever like and just to have a little stretch I can feed the baby I can you know let the toddler run around get some energy out um do whatever we need to do in that aspect and then we just head on it doesn't have to be a long time it could be like 15 minutes it can be 10 minutes stop just yeah letting the babe stretch out of it just gets that oxygen flowing gets them fed gets them content and then you can continue on with your drive gotcha um you mentioned something that I wanted to bring up too because I feel like when I would have Bodhi in the car really really early on when he was still like a little baby it was much easier than now you know when they get a little bit older they need a little bit more entertainment like do you have any hacks anything you do to keep them like a little uh, keep them entertained for those long stretches of drive time yeah so I think the long the longest stretches like for me I again I utilize those breaks like that for me like my kids are going to be a lot more content in the car if I'm utilizing the stops that we are making and like letting them get their jitters out and whatever energy they have out um and then for me like I am I don't hate on the screen time like if I need to get to where I'm going and it's like we have three hours left of this drive, I'm just trying to make it there and around like 
an hour and a half my kids start screaming in the back seat because they've they've been in a car all day like they're bored there's only so much like sleep they can have or toys you can play with like I'll pop a movie back there I don't think there's anything wrong with that yeah yeah I feel like snacks help too like I'm like oh my god just have so many snacks on hand I mean like snacks are everything they are snacks well 100 for mom too but I think like Keeping the the baby fed, whether you're flying, whether you're driving, like that is the number, the number one thing you can do is like full bellies are happy bellies and happy babies. So snacks are definitely a must. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we had this, we had this toy. He grew out of it, but when we had it uh, early on, it was amazing. We called it the crack box. It was like this Fisher price. It looked like a little, um, like a fish tank. (laughs) <laughs> and it played like sounds yes. and music and colors. Yes. I, it, it was it was the crack box. Like we would put that on and he would just be mesmerized looking at this fish for like yeah. it would buy us like forty five minutes. It was Hey, amazing. whatever whatever works, works. You know what I mean? Like whatever works for your kids. I know like my older daughter, she's very like auditory. So like that would work great for her because if it had music, like she loves music and sounds and if it makes funny noises that can keep her absolutely entertained for like hours but then the same cannot be said with my younger son he like much prefers he if he can chew on it that's like all he needs (laughs) if it's like gummy enough that he can chew on it that will keep him entertained for far longer than any like music box and so I think it's just really interesting to see the differences between the two um and truly like if you find something that works take it with you (laughs) yeah it's so funny how you learn like what works with your kids like another another like go-to for us if he's like freaking out like crying in the car this works every time at least for our kid is we play the bluey theme song just the theme song oh (laughs) see Okay, so that's the opposite for ours, because if I play the Bluey theme song, then I get two hours of nonstop Bluey, 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 Bluey in the backseat. And I'm like, all right, you know, like, okay. And so like, that would be the opposite of the desired effect for my own. So funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. But that you do bring up a good point of like, sometimes sounds and like music and you have different things not only just on the music side but also the sound machine so if you have a baby that sleeps with a sound machine at home um a sound a portable sound machine can be something or even like putting the am station on the radio can be something like really helpful to get baby to lull them to sleep while they're in the car um I found a lot of success with that with my own kids. Like you think like, oh, the hum of the car is just going to put them to sleep, but not that doesn't always work. And for my kids, especially like they're not necessarily car sleepers because my kids have very much been sleep trained and they prefer their crib and they prefer their dark environment. And so as much as I can try to recreate that environment by putting like, a sound machine in there and putting the like little blackout um, window cling sunshades on our windows um, and try to recreating that sleep environment. Like, cause that's ultimately the goal. If my kids are sleeping in the car, I can get further 
down the road before I need to stop and have that break. So if I I can do that, then it'll be successful and I am willing to do anything. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) God. Recreate that sleep environment. Getting them sleeping in the car is like the the dream. That's the dream. I feel like those days are behind me now. Bodie's just too old, but like there was a brief window when he did that for a hot sack. Right. We, we definitely they're few and far between but if I if I set the environment right and we're on the road for like a decent amount of time um my toddler does get there okay that's good to know (laughs) those are those are really good hacks recreating the sleep environment in the car I think that's genius um okay we have to talk about flights because this is this is like honestly I get this question a lot because people have seen me like fly with Bodie and I think it's so daunting like getting on an airplane going through TSA, all of that stuff, um, obviously having to minimize what you can take because you're flying. <laughs> um, yeah. le- we gotta, we gotta, we gotta di- dive in, you know, let's dive in. Let's uh, dive in. Okay. Head first. Head first. All right. So how about like, let's just begin at walking into the airport. Like, do you have any like TSA <laughs> hacks for us? Like I, I know that they've recently changed the formula they- and breast milk requirements yeah, and all so, of that so recently they've gotten a lot so they've always kind of like let you go through with formula and breast milk and all that stuff but um the problem with tsa hacks is that <laughs> what works in one airport with one agent on one gate is not guaranteed to work in another airport with another agent at another gate and I hate that that is like my biggest complaint about flying is that even when you have like TSA has clarified a lot um it was the like breast milk incident with I think she was like a um she's like science content and she I think she's like an engineer of some kind I don't remember um and I really should but she Flew through an airport, and this woman flew through the airport. They made her dump all of her breast milk out. She wasn't flying with baby, and the TSA was, like, on it. They immediately up, like, because obviously this was a really big deal. It made a lot of national headlines, like, are you kidding? This is a woman's right, obviously. Like, how are you going to tell this woman that she can't fly through the airport with uh, the tools that she needs to pump her milk and keep it stored safely. And even though like, it doesn't matter if she's with baby, if you're breastfeeding and you're traveling for work, like these are all things that a woman still needs to be able to do. And TSA and got a lot of flack for that. And since then I've seen them like massively overhaul their website and their like clarification on policies but I haven't necessarily seen that translate on the ground and the understanding of these new policies by the TSA agents themselves. So you have the ability to like go through TSA with any amount of breast milk, any amount of formula that you want. You can take frozen ice packs with you. You can take non-frozen ice packs with you. You can take any amount of water that you need for formula you can take uh, breast milk you can take toddler cow's milk or juice or water all of those things are allowed through but whether the TSA agent is actually going to know that is a totally different story so for me the biggest TSA hack 
in the world is not only to know the policies and know what you're bringing with you and what you can and cannot bring through, but also like feel confident in that information, have a screenshot on your phone of what you have and what the policy states and be ready to advocate for yourself if you get any pushback. Yeah, that's actually smart to just have it handy. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Every time, like, I'm like, if there's a liquids issue or any kind of like, I'm not sure what I'm going to get back on this. I'm like, I'm screenshotting this and it's going to be in my favorites. I am going to have it easily accessible and ready to pull up. And to be fair, like most of the time I haven't, but I know so many people that have. So like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm on the ready to defend my breast milk if I need to yeah. <laughs> or my formula or whatever like yeah. you know I, I, this is me needing to feed my child I'm not just like coming in with a bunch of beers and yeah. you know trying to party I um, I last time I flew I had formula with me and they didn't give us a hard time but they did it took forever because they had to test it Um, yes. and I think that's something to keep in mind if you are like showing up for a flight with a baby um, or bring, yeah. trying to bring formula through TSA, just like show up like mad early because like they oh, held us oh, up absolutely. for like 45 minutes, like testing all the formula. Like we got very close to our flight time and I almost blew a gasket, but, but. Oh yeah. I've, so my, my general advice is if you're on a domestic flight, like two hours should be the absolute minimum because you do, unfortunately, like when you're flying with it, you can bring all of this stuff, but you do have additional screening processes that are going to come along with that. And every time there's always, you're like waiting on an agent, you're waiting on somebody, you're, they're going through your bags. And it doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. They're just doing all of their additional screening processes. And it takes like, it can take so long. So the smaller airports, I always recommend two hours. Like if you're at a larger airport though, three hours, like easily, and then, of course, international flights, like, even longer. I, I'm i a big advocate of showing up, like, much earlier than you need to just to make sure you get through because I can think of very few things worse than, like, missing a flight yeah. because of a TSA procedure and then having to figure that out with a baby. Yeah. Um, some questions while I had the visual of, like, pushing through, like, um, card or your – carriers and all of that stuff through TSA. I'm interested, like, what are you using? Like what, what travel stroller are you using? Are you bringing a car seat? Like what, what stuff do you need to bring with you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, most airline policies, not all, but, um, most airline policies allow you to take a car seat and a stroller for free. Um, where you can check those depends on the airline specifically, but a lot of them, um, minus like American Airlines, which is a whole other thing. American Airlines, I don't know why they're the only airline that like doesn't let you that has like restrictions on a stroller size, but Yeah, get your shit together, American <laughs> Airlines. We're coming because, for you. Because that's like that's back on the we're getting way off, but like that is just my most annoying thing because everybody else you typically can take both through and so we always take our car seats um, and strollers with us to the gate because that's the easiest way for us to get through are you using a specific travel um car seat 
So we are now, but um, before I didn't. So I've used just about like, I've used our normal stroller. I've used like a jogging stroller to get through. I've used an actual like uh, compact travel stroller. I've also used just our normal um, pumpkin seat, uh, infant car seat. Um, I do think that there is a lot of benefit of finding something that is lighter in weight than you might have at home. Additionally, if you have, if you don't want to use like your home car seat or your home stroller, um, I think having another option that if it does happen to maybe break on transit or if something, if it's a little bit lighter, I think there's a lot of benefit to having um, something else so that if you run into any issues with that, you still have your like expensive, nice stuff at home. Um, but then you can also like use your maybe lighter weight. Cause I think the benefits of a travel item are not, not necessarily best for like everyday use like the benefits of having a travel stroller is that it's like super compact it's really small it can fold up tiny or or a travel car seat it's very lightweight it doesn't need a base because base if you have a base with you it takes like more time for installation yeah that's that's what's crazy to me is like uh, we have a duna and it, I mean, I love it because it's just uh, yes. everything all in one and you, they're in the stroller, you fold them up, you put them right into like a, a Uber, you know, yeah. I, I can't imagine, like, I, that's why I was like, what travel um, car seat do you have? Because if you don't have that, I'm like, oh, is it annoying to like set the car seat up? So that's, that's the nice thing about like travel, the travel industry right now with babies is like booming. There are so many things that are coming out that are like finding solutions to all of these travel problems. And that is why I think the Duna has been so successful is because it found like the ultimate solution to all of these traveling baby problems. Like I need an all-in-one car seat, stroller not gonna have like it can be installed without the base because if I'm like jumping in an uber I don't want to be like hold on (laughs) yeah no (laughs) let's take 20 minutes and like that uber driver is gonna be like you're you better pay me for every I'm starting the clock okay aside from the travel stroller travel car seat like what other like must-haves are you bringing with you on an airplane so I think for I think the must-haves really depend on like what's important to you. What is the most valuable part of your life with baby at home? Is it their sleep? Is it their feeding? Is it the things that they're like spending their time doing? Those are the things for me that like for me it's sleep. 100% if I forget everything else but I bring what we need for my children to sleep successfully, then we're fine. I can figure everything else out. Um, so it's really uh, like everybody travels a little bit different. And so for me, I think it's really up to you to kind of determine what is the most po- important for you. And then like determining, is this something I can bring from home? Is this something I can maybe buy there or rent at my destination instead of having to try to like pack it all in one or two suitcases because like obviously we have luggage restrictions on a plane like finding ways to minimize our packing um being able to rent an item instead of bringing it with you can be super super valuable oh Um, i've never i've never rented an item how do you go about doing that 
Yeah. So, um, my favorite personally, like I use baby quip. I think like, this is not sponsored, but if you want to, you can be, um, but they, they really, they have a really easy to use like interface. They have, uh, basically it's all of these suppliers or these moms that work for this company and they have a bunch of baby supplies and it's all online so you can see what they have and you just go to their website, you type in where you're going and then they can either drop all of their stuff off to you um, or you can go pick it up. Um, And so for me, I think it's also really like, I love the fact that they're really flexible that they can drop it off or pick it up in a different location. So if you're like hopping around a bit, like you don't necessarily have to have the same place. Um, They can bring like a car seat to an airport because renting a car seat from like a rental car company can be a little bit risky. And so being able to confirm like the car seat's history and how to install it and all that stuff, that is going to be like way more helpful. So if you can get that rented from like a baby quip company or a mom that's actually using it, it's a lot easier. I have never heard of that. So that's a, that's a really good tip. Um, baby quip. Um, okay. Uh, on that note too, I mean, you mentioned sleep being important for you. Like, and I've seen this on your content and I am a huge believer too in the slumber pod. Oh, you don't know what the slumber pod is. I had a girlfriend (laughs) tell me about this and I looked at it. It's this big blackout tent that you can like, yeah. you can travel with it. It folds up really small um, and you bring it with you to travel. I looked at this. I was like, we do not need a slumber pod. This is ridiculous. We got it. It is the best thing. It is like my number one hack. A hundred percent the game changer of travel. I talk about this slumber pod as if like, I'm like, if I didn't have that, I would, I wouldn't be able to travel. I wouldn't be able to do any of the things that we do. We take it on every trip with us. And I was the exact same way. I was like, I do not need to purchase this thing. And the moment I bought it, I was like, this has literally changed my life for the better. Yeah. Why it's so good guys is because what I didn't realize is it's for you. Well, one, it, it like creates a complete blackout environment for your baby. Cause like, you never know if you're staring at, staying at an Airbnb, a hotel, like whatever it is. Like I've stayed at Airbnbs before and there's like no blinds. I'm like, uh, yeah. what? Um, <laughs> so it creates a blackout environment for your baby. But also what's huge is like, we bring it with us to hotels. And what you don't realize is you can, you like put your baby in the blackout tent before we had this thing, we'd have to shut off all the lights. We'd have to be really yeah. quiet. We were really, we were yeah. too scared to turn on the TV or uh-huh. do anything. And now you yeah. can put them in the, bl- the slumber pod, turn your little travel sound machine on. And yep. like, we can do- go about our lives in the we hotel spent, room. We spent our trip to New York city, like literally like at 7 PM, the lights went off. Uh, we were trying to like basically recreate what the slumber pod is. We were like putting sheets and towels, like, but also like, those are sleep hazards and so we're like trying to find a way to like clip them around the like bassinet and crib and stuff and this just like solved all of that issue it's safe sleep it's a completely blackout environment like you mentioned and like it makes room sharing manageable it makes it possible like we're big hotel room people and it just really like changed the game for us so now that you have two kids do you have two slumber pods (laughs) yeah we do okay I didn't know I'm like I'm like I need to know this um, I've been like I've been trying to think of like a solution of how we don't but because because both of them are so young like if we had maybe a little bit older kid or a toddler that like didn't quite need the black 
blackout environment yet then maybe but i was like i'm not re- I, I have their sleep schedule figured out and black- yeah. blackout pods are very essential to that success yes and i'm the so- same way i'm like a mom's on call groupie I oh, follow yes. that shit uh-huh. to a T. Oh, 100%. Yes. 100% Mons on Hall um, Groupie. Okay. Slumber Pod is huge. I, I want to talk about a couple of these other like products that are helpful with travel because I think it is huge. Um, Another one for us that's been great now that Bodie's a little bit older and he likes to like sit up like to eat. Um. Mm-hmm. Because not not all the time you can like it, it, bringing a high chair isn't yeah, it's, feasible. It's definitely. Yeah. There are, there are a lot of really great high chair solutions um and there i don't know which one you have but like there's some that just slide over the back of literally any chair and create like the harness situation there you can also find some that have like little trays on them there are basically like you know like our summer folding chairs that we have that we like pop out of the bag in the summer there are like little mini toddler versions of that yeah and so Oh, I, I have I, a I mean, clamp on one that like just clamps on the table. Yes. Oh. Yes. The clamp on one, the table one. That is such a nice, like whoever came up with that was really, really smart. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to put together like a whole list of like all of the, all the ones that we're both coming up with and I'll, I'll put it in show yeah. notes for just to make it easy. Um, I know. I know. Another thing too, though, uh, you know, one piece I wanted to mention because this is like, it's such an, it's smart. Um, especially if you're staying at a hotel or an Airbnb is like, ask them what they have. Like, do they already have a pack and play? Um, do they already have a, a, a high chair um you know all of that stuff because anything that they already have is great you can just nix that because i i found traveling with the pack and play can be tricky when you're flying because it takes up so much room absolutely and like rental cars and stuff like having to get a bigger car if you have more it can be more expensive and so i am always like from the very very beginning of the travel planning process like i'm looking i would much rather book a hotel that has a pack and play or a crib available um that might be in a little bit different of a location as opposed to being like right in the heart of downtown and them not have a crib available and try to like bring my own like that definitely makes decisions that i'm making in the travel planning process if they have you know and especially with like vacation rentals and airbnbs and stuff like you can find some that have the high chair already they have the pack and play already they have whatever you need sometimes and that can be so helpful when it comes to like scaling down your packing for sure speaking of scaling down packing um because I feel like this is something that comes with experience like are there any things that you used to bring when you when you traveled that you don't anymore because I definitely have a few (laughs) yeah well so like of course there's like the crit the pack and place and the slumber pod um for me i think it was about like finding what was most important for me and finding like miniature versions of those things for me i found that i didn't need to bring like all of the bottles and all of the formula and all of the diapers i didn't need to bring all of that i could just bring like enough for a couple days and then go to the store and buy the things that I needed once I got there. Um, For me, like that scaled down so much and helped so, so much. Um, What are the things that like you found that you were like, okay, I don't need this. (laughs) Um, One thing we, for like the first, maybe like five trips we did with Bodhi, I insisted on bringing our Brezza, which is like, (laughs) (laughs) I insisted. (laughs) 
I was like, we I, we flew with it. I'm not kidding. If you guys don't know what a Brezza is. It's That's like, insane. <laughs> is it? Insane. Like, I was like, well, now I know that it is. But um, the Brezza is, is like basically a Keurig for your formula. If you if you don't know. So you can like make bottles with it. But I we, actually have never heard that. And I love that. Yeah. So no, much. I'm telling you, we've brought it on like three different airplanes. Like we've 100% traveled with it. And then I don't like we finally bring and I think put x it he's like yeah we cannot pack this anymore it's also a disaster because you have to like take all the formula out make sure all yeah. the water's out yes. of it there's like formula <laughs> crusty formula like all over our suitcases so then we just finally started just you know getting like water uh, um instacarting like yeah. gallon jugs of water to wherever we're going bringing some formula yeah. with us and just making our own bottles and if they're not at the right temperature it's fine it's fine and and some babies like are really really picky about about those things but there are solutions to all of those problems there are bought like we have a bottle warmer that you just pop the bottle on there and it heats it up and you don't need to plug it into a wall it's travel it's friendly it's to go you know like just head out and gone and it heats the bottle up but also like you can also put a bottle of water in a mug of like if you go down to the ho- hotel i don't know bar restaurant whatever ask for like a cup of water for tea and then just put the bottle in there and it heats it up the same. Like there are so many other like travel friendly solutions that you don't need to bring the Brezza, whoever is listening to this. (laughs) One, one thing that one, um, like thing that we did to heat the bottle up once, which I thought was genius. We were in a hotel is we just turned on the bath water. Like we literally like yeah. turned on a hot bath and then I put the the bottle like yeah. that was mixed up in the in the bath for it to warm up and it was just like a minute or two and it like warmed it up a little bit. Hey, creative problems come up with creative solutions. Exactly. So- Another one we used to bring that I stopped. Actually, I think we only did this like once or twice is um, we we brought a travel tub. Like we brought a tub. Mm. Don't mm-hmm, not necessary. Mm-hmm. You can like sit in a bathtub with your baby or like hold you them absolutely in the shower. can. Yeah. You absolutely can. I think like I think for me, I now that we have two, I actually really utilize the inflatable tub because it's quite small. But like, I think in general, you don't really need anything. <laughs> you bring there's an inflatable tub. There's an inflatable yes. tub. Okay. Yeah. I I, oh, did, yeah. I had like so a you were bringing... plastic one. Oh. Yeah. See, try. If, there's always a solution. So we like to bring our inflatable tub because that I found to be like really nice because you can just like put baby in there. You don't have to worry about them slipping around in your arms. That is only like ten bucks on Amazon, and that has been like, I, I think that's probably one of my like most requested like random things that I always recommend on my Instagram that people are like go goo goo and gaga over is this inflatable tub because it's like. 10 or 13 dollars and it it just makes it so much simpler than trying to pack a giant plastic you know yeah travel tub for sure okay i love that any other like things that people go goo goo gaga over or like ask you for links about all the time yeah for me for me i hated when i was like traveling and there were just like bottles in various portions of disarray drying everywhere so for me me like a good travel drying rack and bottle like cleaning kit um have been essential for me because if I just have like cluttered bottles on every little like 
surface of hotel room, my brain goes insane. Um, so that for me has always been really popular and for my own travels. Um, and then you can also like anything that basically makes the bottle or like uh, pumping cleaning process easier is always like a huge hit. And there are a ton of things out there that can make that simpler for you when you're traveling. Okay, cool. Um, when you actually, that brings me back to, cause you mentioned like you used to bring a lot of bottles and you don't anymore. Like what's the mm-hmm. hack there? Are you just cleaning them more frequently? Like bringing less and cleaning them yeah, more? Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. I know it seems like so simple now, but we were like so used to always like bringing a bunch of bottles and then using them throughout the day and just like rinsing them out and then doing like a full clean and sterilization process at the end of the day. Um, Um, And then I was like, this is taking up so much room. Like, let's just bring two bottles, clean them immediately, and then, like, clean them properly, have our little cleaning kit, and then sterilize them whenever we need to. Because not – depending on baby's age, you don't have to sterilize the bottle after every single use. You can do it once a day or every other day um, according to the FDA and the CDC and all their guidelines. Um, but that, that is like something that I was like, I'm not bringing 300 bottles anymore. We're going to bring two and we're just going to take the time to clean them in the moment. And it, it was a lot like easy breezy after that. Yeah. I'm definitely guilty of that one. Like overpacking the bottles for sure. (laughs) Every time. Um, okay. We breezed past a lot of the flight stuff. So I want to go back for like one sec. Um, cause I, I did, I remember when I was getting ready to take baby for the first flight, like I was just like terrified. Yeah. Um, any hacks for like takeoff and descent? Cause that, I, I know that's what I was really worried about. Like, is my kid going to be screaming? Um, yeah, take yeah, off? absolutely. So the general recommendation is that you feed them during takeoff and landing. Um, and any like make because if you think about your own ears and being able to regulate them, like you can chew things, snack on things, do whatever, you know, chew bubble gum um, to help regulate your ears. But babies have a much harder time doing that. And so feeding them gives them uh, allows them to do the sucking motion that helps them regulate their eardrums. Um, and so that is the general recommendation. I think what a lot of people, I like a question I get very often is from breastfeeding mothers, sometimes they don't allow um, baby to be in your lap. If you have them in a car seat, they need to be in the car seat. That's the safest place place for baby to be and so what do they do in that scenario you can always try bringing a bottle well what if they don't take a bottle you can try giving them a pacifier well what if they don't take a pacifier because you know how babies are you know very very picky in their um exist in their such a short existence um but ultimately this is a prevention and just a precaution so like most healthy babies will be able to go from takeoff into the air through the altitude changes and their ears will be okay. And so if you like have a sleeping baby, there's no need to wake them up to feed them during takeoff if they're sleeping. If they were up and they seemed fussy and angry and like their ears were probably hurting them, then yeah, absolutely 100% feed them. But if they're content and they're sleeping, just keep let them sleep and let them 
um, be content and do what they're doing. And then once they wake up and you're at altitude and you're above 10,000 feet, then you can feed them, help them regulate their ears. Um, but yeah, the, all of those things are the general recommendation as a precaution, not like you have to wake baby up and you have to feed them on takeoff um, yeah. because, you know, whatever they'll. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you about sleeping, the baby sleeping on a plane. Um, yeah. Cause I've heard different things for this. Like I had a friend, tell me like she wears her baby um and Mm -hmm. that helps them sleep like Bodhi I remember in the beginning like he wasn't super into the baby wearing and you're probably gonna laugh at this because this is absurd but we brought on our docatot oh I don't think that's I don't think that's absurd we brought on our docatot and we laid him across our lap and he fell asleep on that but that worked like one time I don't necessarily think that that would work that was like a window when he was just like the right size Now yeah. I don't think that that would work. Like, do you have any no, recommendations? Definitely yeah. won't work. <laughs> do you have any recommendations we, to get them comfortable? I think babies, like, I think you know your baby best, and so you know if your child is going to be able to kind of like sleep on you. Traveling with a younger child, I would say like six months and less, you kind of have the added benefit of them just wanting to sleep most of the time anyways and the plane really being like one giant kind of like shusher and like rocking lovely sleep vessel anyways <laughs> and so um when they're younger you're gonna have a lot I don't think it's something that you really need to be like overly concerned with I think that generally between the hectic travel day and the pressure of takeoff most babies tend to fall asleep um, unless they're having pain or there's an, or they're hungry. So that's another reason why you want to try to feed them during takeoff. Um, but when they get older, it is like a total crapshoot. Like I, I would pay my daughter so much money if she understood the concept of currency for her to sleep on my lap, but she just will not do it. We had a 10-hour flight to Frankfurt this past when she was one, and she slept maybe 45 minutes. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. Maybe. So, like, I'm for me, some kids are just, like, you, you can try to create. And I think part of the problem is, is you can't create all of the like you can't control everything you can't control the other passengers you can't control the amount of sound that other people are making you can't like there's just so much that you can't control you can't ultimately control if your child is gonna sleep or not and that's the hardest thing I think for a lot of people to like come to terms with what you can control is afterwards so like if you have a layover somewhere and you get the opportunity to maybe like, if you know your kid sleeps pretty well in a stroller, use that opportunity during the layover to like roll them around in their stroller, maybe have like a light blanket over it. So you create a darker environment, have a portable sound machine with you, utilize the things that you do know about your baby and what their ideal sleeping environment is, and try to recreate that somehow. That's going to be the best possible opportunity that you're going to get for sleep from your kid but sometimes it still doesn't happen the benefit that I always kept in mind after that grueling 10-hour flight was that I knew that my daughter sleeps really well in a crib and really well in the slumber pod so I knew 
knew all we had to do was get to our hotel in Frankfurt and then she would go to sleep. I knew that was going to happen, but like those 10 hours were pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, just out of curiosity, like what did you even do for those 10 hours? Like how'd you keep her entertained? (laughs) Honestly, it's like kind of a blur. I, she just like, we fed her honestly snacks like yeah. the solution to everything is snacks snacks food <laughs> snacks we had a bassinet set up so we could have like little toys and stuff and she would just like flip through books what do you or... what do you mean by bassinet setup so okay so some planes have bassinet options on their like bulkhead seats and it's like it's a bassinet it's a place for a baby it doesn't doesn't typically well sometimes it depending on the airline it will cost you um but some airlines like with united for example it didn't cost us any extra we just booked the bulkhead seats requested a bassinet be set up she my daughter was like too old at that point she was one so she hated being strapped down into this like very small bassinet obviously at one most people recommend that bassinets are done by like six months I think and so she was too big for it but it was nice because it was a place for us to put her that she could also like play and read books and I could like stand up and kind of just be in this general space um so that is definitely like uh, an option. Um, there's downsides of sitting in those seats too, but like you know, generally you can you can figure it out. Every yeah. all babies will either sleep or they don't, and you'll have to go from there. Yeah, the bas the bassinet thing is a good um, hack though, and just knowing to book bu- to book Absolutely. those specific seats and request. Yeah. Them. And especially if you have like a younger baby, it'll it, it's key. Yeah, yeah, I never did that. Like, I'm definitely gonna do that um, if I have another one. Um, I want to ask. I know we're like totally going over on time, but I wanted to ask you um, about because I know you mentioned this flight to Frankfurt, and it had me thinking about time changes because this is yeah. this is tough. Like, what what are some quick recommendations you have with when it comes to traveling with a time change? Like, do you I just know. get your we kid could... immediately on it, or do you get or do immediately you... oh really once you're once you're there I don't like I think it's too much to try to like do the math and the time changes like while you're traveling I, I usually take it as like once you're there I'm on the new time schedule and as a baby like you have the added benefit of that they don't understand time they, they don't wake up they're not like oh it's 1 p.m it's time to eat um they're just like oh I've woken up from my nap I'm I think I'm hungry like that is their reference so if you can For me, the biggest factors are going to be um, utilizing the sunlight. So if your baby is meant to be awake, like get outside, go do things, get get into the sun, go be active. And then when they're not, utilize a slumber pod, utilize a dark room and make sure that they are sleeping when they are, or at least that they know they can signal to their body that they're meant to be sleeping at that time. And then for me just, um, and this is like a mom's on call little hack, but like limiting their, um, sleep time to two hours and their naps to two hours will also be massively helpful in getting them adjusted to the new schedule. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a good, um, that's a good tip about just doing it right away. Cause I've, I've done trips. We'll go to like California, which is like two hour, just a two hour time change. And I'm sitting yeah. there trying to do the math. I'm like, maybe I'll just go halfway. Nope. No, and... just new schedule yeah. right when you get on the one, once you're in the new time zone, you're just going off of like, if you normally wake baby normally wakes up at seven, 
you're gonna hope that they wake up at seven they'll probably wake up at five but you'll just start your day from there (laughs) yeah yeah okay that's great um oh my gosh okay we totally went over time but I know I know I mean we could like this could be its own series that's why I created this page because there's just so much when it comes to traveling with a baby that you can talk about. Yes. I And that's where I was going to say, I'm like, we, you got to pimp <laughs> yourself out. Let us know where we can find more of you. And then finally, like if you just have like one other like last tip you want to leave us with. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So my blog is travelingwithbabies.net. And then of course I have my Instagram, which is going to be where you can find all of my free resources for you. Um, and that's at traveling.with dot babies. Um, and then I think the biggest tip I can really like give to anyone is to just enjoy what you can when you can like traveling with a baby is really just parenting in a different location. And so like, if you can just let go of the schedules a little bit and the routines and just try to go off of baby's cues, like if they seem overwhelmed and they seem like terribly unhappy, like maybe just slow down a bit, enjoy what you're doing in the moment, enjoy just like seeing a new place and being with your family or being with your kid and, and try to just kind of take a step back. I think that um, sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to keep things going, like a reminder that it's your trip, it's your vacation. um, And, and just try to enjoy it is the biggest tip I can give. Yes. Okay. I love that. I, I remember that quote. Somebody told me that the first time I traveled with Bodhi. They're like, traveling with a baby is not a vacation. It's a trip. No. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. A, You're you just are, parenting at a different location. Yeah. Very true. But like, I would much rather be parenting on a beach in Mexico than at my house. So 1, like. One <laughs> thousand percent. That's just me. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being on. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you next time. I'm